you, and when I defang the viper, trust me, ain't gonna come from nowhere. Jeff, I already put you out. I don't even know why you're out here right now. Keep on talking. Hey, 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 do me a favor. Why don't you act like this is an AA meeting and you shut your mouth while I'm sharing with the crew? And Mustafa, you out here, a boy among men. And I'm gonna tell you what. You got lucky at the Rumble, so I know you're gonna come out here and run your mouth about how bad you are. But let me give you a little bit of a reality check. You see, Mustafa, you said that my eyes don't lie. Well, your eyes don't lie either, because last week, they were closed real tight when I put your simple ass to sleep. And AJ, hey man, be honest with me. How's our old girl Wendy doing? Welcome back to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. I am Hafiz, and with me, as always, is Devin. Devin, we're getting ready to talk about Raw, SmackDown, AEW, NXT, all things wrestling. But I guess, uh, what, what are you most excited to kind of talk about from Raw and SmackDown? Because it kind of was a, was a tough couple of episodes to watch. But is there anything that kind of stands out that maybe was just to put a positive spin on it to begin things off? On Raw, man, I'm I'm really I feel like I'm digging for Raw. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, <laughs> it's like, like it, it was just a uh, positive. Yeah, I feel like I was just going through the emotions, man. For Raw, like the Randy Orton and AJ Styles, I, I you know I love the first build when they did on SmackDown, but on on Raw, I didn't I wasn't getting the same feeling. So I don't know, man. It's nothing on SmackDown. On the other hand, I was feeling the you know I, I like that tag team dynamic from. Brian, Daniel Bryan, and uh, Miz. And then, you know, they did a little spotlight for Otis off of yeah. Heavy Machinery. So that was cool. But for Raw, man. Huh. Yeah. What about you? Because I, I can't think of anything. Maybe you could get my brain going. Well, I, I guess that's why I asked you to, to maybe <laughs> get me, you know, feeling good about, you know, what we're getting ready to talk about. Because and this, that's part of the reason why we're joining these two together. I feel like you, you almost have to do that to be able to not completely shit on, you know, one show or another. Yeah. Just to say, like, hey, like, what it, just as a combined, you know, entertainment experience, what what was good about Raw and SmackDown this week? I think Randy Orton versus AJ Styles was cool overall. Um, you know, those two guys I'm, I'm a big fan of. When we talked about this around WrestleMania time, uh, this this last WrestleMania that just passed about, you know, your favorite guy being AJ Styles, my favorite guy being Randy Orton. So, you know, just, just having them in a matchup, I'm really just excited always to see what they what they're getting ready to do in the ring um beyond that i think uh the whole lana bobby lashley thing you know was just like i wanted to end now i will say it is it's comical not in, not in the best way like it, it's kind of stupid sometimes too what they what they do but the 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 whole like lana asking bobby to ask her to marry her you know whole thing was kind of like it was a and it was rehearsed too and it was rehearsed that they rehearsed it that way that you know she would she would ask him to ask her that anyway the whole complicated <laughs> mess of it you know I, I find a little bit humorous but it's also I still want it to be over with so I don't know I'm kind of like just done with that but that small bit I thought was kind of funny um, you know Seth Rollins you know being with the AOP I think it has potential but yeah means to be seen yeah i'm just a wait and see so i'm not like all in for seth rollins and uh, ray mysterio 
uh, story. So we'll see where that leads to. So I'm just a wait and see type of guy on that one. Right. I mean, so I guess specifically on that, maybe to jump a little bit ahead, Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio, because that's going to be the next matchup. Rey Mysterio accepted uh, Seth Rollins' challenge mm-hmm. to, to uh, you know, face him for the United States Championship. Um, at first, I wasn't happy about that because they just had a whole gauntlet matchup to decide who was going to be the number one contender. And Alberto Del Rio just, just or not Alberto Del Rio, wow, um, uh Umberto Carrillo right, got destroyed you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by Andrade. So <laughs> just the names, the, the name just kind of rolled off the tongue there. That's an old school one. But uh, Umberto Carrillo got destroyed by Andrade. And then Andrade, like, left. And then, you know, Rey Mysterio, well, well Rey Mysterio came out to kind of, you know, have his back or whatever. Yeah. And then, uh, then AOP and Seth Rollins jumped Rey Mysterio. But... Again, that they had a whole gauntlet matchup to decide who was going to be the, right for nothing, basically, because instead of you know uh, uh, Andrade now being the number one contender, you know because I guess he just, he he took out he you know exposed the concrete and then you know just just DDT'd um, Umberto on the concrete like that and injured him. I guess they're calling it a no contest or or what? I have no idea, but you, you I mean I would figure you still got to reward. Somebody in that, maybe right, give it man. to Umberto because, you know, uh, uh, Andrade got tossed out of the matchup for what he did. Um, but anyway, they just kind of erased that as if it never happened. And now we have this matchup with Seth versus Ray, which now I'm actually thinking Seth is probably going to win this matchup and take the belt off of Ray, you know, as, as, uh, as the next step here. Because you kind of make him look weak unless he doesn't really care about the belt. He just wants to beat up on Ray some more. But... I don't know. What's what's your thoughts on this? Man, I don't know. I think Seth could get it because, I, you know, right now the United States title is the main title. Right. It's the only title is, besides the Raw Tag Team Champion or Raw Women's is, is one of the is the only title because you because Brock Lesnar it has the WWE title hijacked and he's on vacay until Royal Rumble possibly. So I can see Seth Rollins, you know, having the U.S. or getting the U.S. from Ray uh, because of that. So I think it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess what what's the what do you think the point of this is for Seth now? Like, do you because I'm trying to see like, OK, so him turning and being this this heel character now, like. I guess at first I thought like it's 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 um the end game. Well actually I wasn't sure what the end game was going to be. Mm-hmm. And him going against Rey Mysterio and going after the United States Championship, it feels like he's going backwards. And I just feel like what is it is it now to collect all the belts and to like be, you know, have like AOP be the tag team champions. He'll have the United States Championship, he'll eventually go and get the the WWE Championship as well, and then collect all the belts that way. And this is like the first step of taking everything. Or is he gonna be somewhat of a like a mid card guy now? Because again, the the United States Championship, you know, being you know going after that first versus I get it, like you said, with Brock Lesnar being on vacation, yeah, you know that it's kind of hard to do stuff with him right off the bat, but. You know, to to say you're going after the belt, 
you know, and like you weren't a challenge for the United States Championship. I don't know. It just kind of puts him in a weird spot, I, I feel. Like, I would be more excited if, like I say, he was just maybe feuding with somebody, um, like just Kevin Owens, just continuing to go back and forth with Kevin. And that's probably coming. You know, they're maybe just trying to do a slow burn with that. But I just think that having him jump into the whole United States Championship, uh, uh, you know, contendership thing is 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 weird. It just kind of throws me off a little. Well, bit. yeah, but you got to think about this too, because Ray is somewhat part of the story because he helped out Kevin Owens. You know, yeah. help, giving him the the homie. You know, right, what I'm saying right. talking about the pipe. So that's the reason why Seth Rollins confronted Ray Mysterio about it because, like, you know, you, you didn't have to. You know, you didn't have to put your nose in, in in this business. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't your business at all. So that's basically what Seth Rollins was saying. Uh, so hopefully, maybe what's going to happen, he takes the belt off of Ray, or maybe not, or maybe Kevin Kevin Owens will get involved, and he and so Ray Mysterio can keep the belt. I can see that happening as well. So they can, you know, uh, keep the story. Be- going between Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. Yeah, actually, Kevin Owens getting involved and helping Ray, you know, well, to to help him retain in some way, I think, would be a smart move. Because putting the United States Championship on on Seth, it just, it feels a little bit weird, you know, for, for Seth to do that currently. Um, you know, I, and I know, like, Kofi, for instance, has gone back and gotten the tag team championships and you know even ray was just fighting brock lesnar and then he went and won the united states championship so i know they do that it just it just feels a little bit weird that he's challenging for the, that seth is actively challenging for the for the united states championship now you know whereas i just see him as one of the guys that's that's firmly in that wwe championship chase and now having aop it seems like that would be a great you know way to to make sure that you're the top guy, you know, to to give you that backup so that even if you wanted to challenge Brock Lesnar to do what he said he was going to do, because even with this new heel persona, quote unquote, he still seems to have the same goals. Like he still he does. wants to, you know, be the leader and, and to have the the championship be on the on the show. And, you know, so and no love loss for for Brock Lesnar. Like I, I could see him challenging Brock again, you know, and now with AOP, I could see that being his insurance policy to make sure that he gets in, that he keeps in, that Brock can't ever, you know, put his hands on it again, and that this is his way of building a better Raw, you know, in his in his image. So, But that would make him, like, an uh, instant face unless they, AOP just destroys Brock in an uncomfortable way like we just never saw before. I, I actually think if that, yeah, if that happens, if uh, Seth and Brock faced off, you know, with this current Seth with ALP. I think Brock Lesnar actually, at least for that match, would end up being the face for that matchup. Like he's not the most popular guy, you know, in general right now. But I think if they put him against Seth in that situation, and he's using ALP as an intimidating factor, I think people are going to want to see, you know, Brock actually beat Seth and find a way he'll be the underdog in that situation. Yeah. Uh, you know, which <laughs> oddly enough, we haven't saw in a while, man. Right. So I think that that, that is a, that would be an interesting thing. That That's what I would be more interested to see. Even though we've, we've seen Brock versus Seth a bunch of times, this whole dynamic is a little bit different than what we've seen. And to kind of turn Brock into the face character for that feud, 
wow, I, I would I would be interested in what Paul Heyman has his mouthpiece for that too. Like some of the promos that they could be cutting now with this new, you know, version of Seth and and with with Brock maybe getting cheered by the crowd. I think it could be interesting. Seeing Brock in a new in a new limelight, that would be something to see now. Because yeah. you never seen Brock, you know, being that underdog role in some time now. Exactly. And, and so for I think that's the only way it can work. So Brock can be a face and so so uh Seth can remain a heel. Yes. Yes. That's what I want. Yeah, because like you were alluding to turning Seth face again, like instantly turning face. No, you can't. It's just you can't flip flop like that. Yeah. But if you have Brock as the face because he's the underdog in the situation, because AOP, those are some big boys. Like you would believe that yeah. he's gonna get destroyed by yep. both of those guys and Seth Rollins, who's already beaten him twice. Like it just it just makes sense. So I I, I think that, that would be interesting to me. Yeah, it would, man. Seeing AOP just jumping Brock, just holding him down, and then I could see like this visual like they just hold him in the corner and and they're beating him up and then Seth's like get him on the floor get him on the floor and he just do a multiple curb stumps man yep. and it would just look devastating uncomfortable to watch and you probably just feel sorry for Brock like damn we never seen Brock get his ass whooped like that or just get manhandled like that exactly yeah I, I think there's there's a lot of potential in that so hopefully they they see that and they make that a feud that you know they do after the whole Kevin Owens thing and Rey Mysterio thing I think that would be a, a smart next feud for for Seth and for Brock you know leading up to to Royal Rumble and maybe even WrestleMania you know so we'll see um the other thing uh from Raw that I, I did find kind of interesting yeah. was the Asuka situation so first off uh Kyrie Sane we didn't we did see her actually she was yeah, on the she the came plane. out yeah, but then she wasn't up. It was a one-on-one matchup uh, mm-hmm. for Asuka against Diona Perazzo, um, who people who saw the uh, Mayan Classic may remember her. Uh, she's been on NXT as well, um, submission specialist type wrestler. So she's a very, very talented wrestler. I'm hoping to see more of her going forward um, and happy for her to be on, on Raw. So that that's great. But, you know, the bigger story here is uh, Becky Lynch had an interview right after the match. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. That was actually a good, good little uh, interview yes. right there. Yes, because um, with with Becky, basically what they're setting up is that Becky has never beaten Asuka. Mm-hmm. And Becky is it? She's she's feeling kind of like this is something that is unfinished business for her. She needs to you know have a matchup with Asuka to to kind of prove something to herself now. Um, and I really did like. It on on the standpoint of for Asuka giving her that respect, putting her on that pedestal to say, yeah, that's right. She actually is basically undefeated against against Becky Lynch. So that's really cool for Asuka for her, her to get that recognition again as a great singles competitor. Um, and then for Becky to kind of put her like we were just saying with, with Brock Lesnar kind of in this underdog situation where, yeah, she's she's never won. She's got something to prove she just lost again at TLC. You know, it was Asuka again who got one over on her. Um, so it would be interesting to, you know, continue to build on that that story for the both of them. Um, you know, so I don't know. I just I liked that respect for Oscar. I think more so for Oscar even than for Becky. Even though I did like it for Becky, I did like Becky Lynch uh, interview because it was kind of just b- breaking that fourth wall. Mm-hmm. 
because she was saying to Charlie Caruso, you know, I've been off my game for the last few months, you know, because she thought the the powers that be were putting her in the tag team division to bury her. And she was like, no, it's and then she realized like like a light bulb it's worse. They're trying to protect me. And and that's when she said, you know, I got something to prove to face Oscar because I never beaten her. So I thought that was a nice added touch right there for her. Yeah, because, you know, for for people who are big wrestling fans, like using words like bury and protect, mm-hmm. you know, like those are things that only if really <laughs> are, are in the wrestling. You really even understand. Right. Like the yep. casual fan doesn't really get what all of that what all that means you know so to hear becky saying that you know as as a as a big fan of wrestling and just like oh hey like there's there's some truth to what she's saying that is you know, yep beyond the the storyline you know what i'm saying like because she's talking about like she sees the the billboards and she knows the money they're making off of her yep. so she's you know, the face she's the face right yeah. she's the cash cow and i i believe like a week ago i said you know, on this podcast, like it seems like Becky has been, you know, just floating around. And for her to say that she's been off her game for the last few months or just been off for the last few months, I thought that was like, oh, man, she hit it. She hit it on the head right there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and and I guess, you know, just to even ask you the question, the, the because what she what she's posing there, you know, basically is, is to say, like, the company is just protecting her to just milk her for every dollar they can get. What do you feel about that? Like, even just let's take the storyline out of it for a second and mm-hmm. just kind of discuss that part of it. You know, from a from a just a real perspective. What do how do you perceive the company treating Becky? Like, do you see it as they're just protecting her so that they can continue making money off of her um do you think that it's smart to do that like what are your general thoughts on that because it it, it's kind of interesting that she even brought that up and i think she's generally pissed off about that but i don't know what what do you what do you take from that from uh beyond the storyline with her and oscar and just like on a real level before she had that interview i was trying to figure out what was going on because she she just been floating out there but she the one that pointed it out i'm like yeah they are trying to protect you you're right when she said that i'm like you know what that makes sense and and you know and and not a work but a shoot i'm like yeah that does make sense we've seen it happen with other stars that made you know top face stars like john cena or roman reigns uh you know and seth rollins as well like they will you will get protected and for her to mention that, I thought, and for her to put it out there, I, I thought it was great, man. Yeah, I, I loved it. I loved it definitely. You know, it just makes me think, um, makes me want to look back and consider what she's saying. And and um, I don't know. I think that when you have someone who's catch who's caught fire like this, yeah. and that the the fans are you know wanting to see. Like, of course, you want to, um, you know, keep them up there as long as they can so that you guys can be as successful as possible for as long as possible. Um, I think that we, we've talked about that. There's a, there is another reality that's going on with Becky, though, where she's not as hot as she used to be um, leading up to WrestleMania. That that was that was a, a crazy ride that she was on. Oh, man. So, like from I mean, that she survivor was at the pinnacle series, of of her uh, momentum right there. Exactly, exactly. And so, you know, I feel like that was the time to really, you know, push her and to 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 get everything you can from her. And and now I think that 
it's it's actually died down considerably, and I feel like they're almost hanging on too long to her, you know, being in this spot as champion. Mm-hmm. I think that Becky would actually be she would benefit her character would benefit from losing and being back on that road to trying to either road to redemption or just road to reclaiming the title title. yeah i think that would be be the smart move for them going going forward um you know because because i do think that there there's just a point to where or there's the crowd doesn't seem to be as behind becky as they used to be Mm -hmm. and to have even let's say oscar were to win I think that would be huge for oh, yeah. both of them. You know, Asuka, I think there's still a hunger to see Asuka get that respect, to be at that limelight, to ha- to go into a WrestleMania as champion. Yeah. You know, to have that moment, to have that WrestleMania. Let her be double champ too, tag team champion and women's uh, Raw exactly. champion as well. See, so let, let's just play with that for a second too for, right. for this whole situation. Like, if Asuka were to beat Becky... And go into WrestleMania, Oscar two belts, and <laughs> Becky is going against her there. Like I think that would be really cool because you you really start to build up Oscar, build up that respect for Oscar, yeah, and really put Becky at 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 a at a you know just just emotionally. What would that do to her to see Oscar doing? What what she did and being at WrestleMania in that in that way in that light and and then that chase and I I could just see you know it just being a very interesting story to kind of play with like you know just Oscar just has her number. Let me ask you this: Do you think you know if if we was to do that you know if not if if they was to do that you know have Oscar take the belt off of Becky and then Oscar becomes Oscar two belts. Do you think that Chase will help and with her, you know, her, with her momentum, you think she can get back to where she was, like when she was getting ready to face uh, Ronda Rousey? Like, uh, now I'm about to say last year, but earlier this Early. year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're almost there. We're, we're almost there, there man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think eventually it could. I think sometimes you do have to kind of humble characters. Mm-hmm. And humble people before you can build them back up. And I think that there's this kind of um, false, like, bravado a little bit with Becky where we're, we're being told we're supposed to be rooting for her, but it's not really there, right? And so I think if she loses, she will lose momentum in the beginning. But then I also think you be, make her somewhat sympathetic with her just being like at 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 this dis- like not disadvantage but like to lose you know if she loses and she loses to Oscar and she just can't beat her and you build up Oscar as this person who she just cannot find a way to beat then you start to feel like you know somewhat bad for for Becky after a while because she just keeps losing and she's 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 you know if she and also too it depends on how they tell the story and how Becky tells the story like if she can convey this this struggle this challenge in a way that really makes us empathize and feel for her and then she continues to lose because my thought too is if they did do that match at WrestleMania then I would love to see Oscar beat her again at WrestleMania Ooh. because Ooh. then playing with fire sir you know what I'm saying <laughs> on the biggest stage Oscar has both belts 
Becky so close, but she loses again. Man, like it just emotionally, right. I feel like the crowd wouldn't believe it. They would. Yeah. Everyone's gonna think, "Oh, Becky's gonna win. Becky's winning at WrestleMania because Becky's Becky. You know, she's she's on all the billboards. She is. She's the yeah. man." And that would be a good story, man. Because what if she, you know, like lost the belt before Royal Rumble, right. and Becky had a scratch and claw? Maybe she got into entered in the Women's Royal Rumble. Enter it. I don't know. We could say one, and she was the last survivor, sole survivor, so she could get and face Oscar, and she did all of that yep. just to lose to Oscar at WrestleMania. Yes. Oh my God! Yeah, it would be shock. It'd be shock face all over. It would be. And then you could play with it like she's hit rock bottom. She did Ooh. everything. Yeah. And now she's hit rock bottom. And now what? Now what does she do? And by the way, her fiance to Seth Rollins is this whole new character. And what is <laughs> like how how did like that? I'm actually more interested in seeing their dynamic now than I was before. Right. Because him being this heel character who wants to you know drag us kicking and screaming with him to this new era that he's going to create but becky hasn't changed so what is that like for the two of them how are they coexisting like i'm kind of more curious in that now but that's just another aspect for for both of their stories but there's just so much that you could play with in terms of becky having hit rock bottom with if she were to lose to oscar after all that like you said being number one in the rumble yeah winning just overcoming all these obstacles and then yeah losing at WrestleMania? Oh At WrestleMania, God. I don't think Vince would do that, though, on the biggest That's, show. I agree. And, you know, for he's all in on Becky. You know, the way we were talking about it, that's that's like straight-up AEW style. Yeah. You know, because to talk about AEW real quick, you know, you look at the Young Bucks, and they talk about, you know, we, we would say we're the best team, but, you know, we, we're, we're not showing we're the best team. You know, even our rankings doesn't show it. So they started from the bottom to get themselves back up. So I don't think... WWE can tell that story or not tell but they don't want to tell that story right yeah their history is if they have somebody at the top you know a Roman Reigns a John Cena they keep them at the top well past the time where they're not cool anymore exactly you know if, if they don't even care they don't care what the crowd reaction is they will continue to put that person at the top because they sell tickets you know because people do want to see them even if they don't really like them anymore um, so yeah, you're right. Like the the if we're going off of the history, you know uh, where Becky's at right now, they're just gonna keep having her win, and it doesn't matter if we're all sick of it, if we're all booing, if we're all you know, it, it doesn't matter. Is is they're gonna stick to it and stick to their guns for in more times than not, basically from their history. You think the WWE universe will turn on her if they don't make if the WWE doesn't make a, a switch if they just keep the title on her from from Royal Rumble to on maybe past WrestleMania as well? They could, yeah. The the WWE definitely could. I feel like if, hmm, I don't know that her, like let's say she beats Asuka. Yeah. I think there could be some in the universe that turn on her, but I think for the most part, it'll, it'll be okay. But if, let's say, Shayna Baszler... Or Ronda Rousey were to show up and Becky beats them. I think given that, you know, it would be shocking for either one of those two women to to go against Becky um, at a WrestleMania or mm-hmm. Royal Rumble, whatever they're going to do. 
I think that the fans will start to be like, man, she's just beating everybody, you know, like, like, you know, is she really this unstoppable to where she can't lose <laughs> to, to even like right. you know, high level competition? And she's been going through it like she's she's you would even just say, hey, you know, just just for the simple fact that she's been defending this title for so long, eventually she would get tired and she would get caught by someone really good. And then that she would lose one of these. But for her to continually win and win and win and win, like people will just get exhausted and say, all right, well, I just want to see something different. I want to see somebody different, you know, pull this off. Um, so I could I could see that. But also, again, I think the way they tell these stories is what's going to really make make it work or not work. You know, if the, there, there's probably a way to, to make almost any kind of storyline work for for fans. But with Becky, I think. They haven't the the one storyline that they had that really worked with people was when Becky did the whole thing in Survivor Series mm-hmm. when they she invaded and then you know it, it wasn't even a, a planned thing right but it just her happened. nose got broken yep. and she had that bloody face and she was still fighting and that visual just kind of like took her to another level it did right and so she was made right there. That was the moment. That was the moment. That was the shot that made her into a superstar. And, you know, I I just think that WWE, I I don't know that they've actually really created a storyline that completely works for her, especially after WrestleMania. You know, it's it's kind of just been like, all right, you know, we're just we're just putting her in matches and. There's some good matchups there, but I don't know. I just nothing's really caught. I can't. I can't name like her. Her fuse. Like the, there was the the um, Hell in a Cell. The Hell in a Cell, right? Mm-hmm. That was Sasha cool. Banks. But we Sasha thought Banks. that Sasha should have went over. Exactly. See yeah. that that too, was a misstep, I think, on them. Big time, big time. And you could you could feel it. Like the crowd was ready to see the switch. It made sense. No one would have been upset. And I think the opposite was true. That. There were some people that kind of were turned off by the fact that that Becky ended up retaining in that situation. Um, so yeah, I just I think it's it's we're getting close to time to for for Becky to 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 have a change happen just to to freshen up her character a little bit, make it a little bit more interesting because eventually they will turn on her. It will because yeah, every hero likes to well we, we like to see those heroes go through that underdog story, mm-hmm. you know, like what's so hard about doing that okay they get the title but they hold on to it let them go through that struggle again to get back to that promised land that adversity you know exactly yeah yeah i agree i agree right now it's it's the the closest thing to adversity right now is the storyline that they're creating with her and oscar yeah which has never beaten her yeah so let's see see where that goes yeah exactly um Let's switch over to SmackDown a little bit, and let's see. Let's talk about you. You alluded to this a little bit, the Daniel Bryan Miz uh, situation. So, um, Daniel Bryan, you know him coming back. I think has been really cool. You know, seeing him on SmackDown, you know, with the shaved face and the shaved head and all that, and just kind of like appealing to the crowd it was like just a great throwback kind of thing. Yeah, it felt like he was coming full circle. Yeah, the, the American Dragon slash just him on uh, what was it, NXT back in the exactly. day when it was oh, kind man. of like a tough enough almost show. Yeah, it's almost a. I want to say that was a decade ago. Yeah, it's literally about a decade. I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. Um, so I, I, you know, just seeing him was cool, but now we're we're leading into 
this uh, this 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 triple threat match that's coming up next week um, that was announced. So mm-hmm. just for a little bit of context, Daniel Bryan obviously you know wants Bray Wyatt. He wants to you know show Bray Wyatt, um, or he said. Bray Wyatt has basically said that he's trained his mind not to feel pain, where he wants to test out the theory and challenge him to a match. Um, the Miz says he hasn't finished business with Bray Wyatt because, you know, he he had his home violated. He mm-hmm. put puppets in his daughter's uh, 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 bed. And so just he has he wants to 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 get at him again and to, to you know defend the honor of his family. And then Corbin comes out, which I rolled my eyes as soon as his music played. I'm like, really? Like this, you are way out of place in this whole storyline. You have no business talking with that slow ass cadence. Oh my god, man! (laughs) Why? Like this was interesting, and then you showed up. (laughs) Oh my god! He's like, yeah, beat Roman Reigns, and you guys are both terrible fathers. Like, dude, man, just shut up and get out of here. But. They ended up having a tag team match. Dolph Ziggler kind of jumped into the whole thing. They had their tag team match up as the main event. Um, and Daniel Bryan and The Miz ended up winning that. Uh, Dolph Ziggler tapped out. I was actually so. surprised that The Miz uh, made Dolph tap with the figure four. I don't know when's the last time he won with a submission. Uh, yeah, that the the way he won, I don't, I can't remember that. I, yeah, can't remember I don't think it time. ever happened. <laughs> no. Yeah, it, it it would be something. It's possible, I guess, that he's never won with it. But I feel like maybe right when Ric Flair gave him the move, he probably beat somebody with it. So I would I would actually bet that it has happened probably before, but not any time recently and not in the last couple of years for sure. Oh yeah. So it's it's been at least years since since he's ever, you know, successfully beaten somebody with the with the figure four. But um yeah, like I said, the 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 Main story here seems to be you've got this triple threat match now with Daniel Bryan versus The Miz versus King Corbin to see who's going to go against Bray Wyatt at the Royal Rumble. (laughs) The, The Corbin option here cannot happen. It will not happen. It would be awful. If it was Corbin versus Bray Wyatt, like if you want to, who wants to see that shit? Nobody, nobody. <laughs> like really, if who you want to see that shit, I'm telling you. If you want people to tune out and not pay attention to SmackDown and not pay attention to that match at Royal Rumble to take a bathroom break at a certain point, go ahead and make the King Corbin versus Bray Wyatt matchup because. Or the fiend, I should say, because with the red lighting and King Corbin, that would be just god awful. I'm I'm taking a break during that moment of the. I would just tell the fiend, just get this over with, man. Seriously, (laughs) Uh, three minute match, just finish him off. I don't know why we're we're beating around the bush here. I know, you know, if if that's going to be the case. So that's out. That that can't happen. Oh yeah, real quick. Um, By the way, the last time the Miz won with the figure four was on. Was with uh, was on Dolph Ziggler four years ago. Wow, it was <laughs> Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, I had to look that up real quick, and it was with Dolph Ziggler wow. four years ago. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Yep. Hey, and it, it, I guess it's fitting. Him and Dolph have a have a pretty long history. They do. Both guys from Cleveland, and yep. yeah, they've they've had a bunch of feuds. So that is that's pretty funny. Um, four years, wow. So, uh, but yeah, just um. 
So taking King Corbin out of it, because I'm assuming something's still going to happen between him and Roman Reigns. They have unfinished business. They're probably going to both be in the Royal Rumble and and each other that way. But Daniel Bryan and The Miz. We talked about maybe a triple threat between them and uh, The Fiend for the title. But now it looks like it's pretty much going to be one guy versus The Fiend at at Royal Rumble. I'm thinking it's going to be Daniel Bryan. Who's going to end up winning that this triple threat and going to go on a Royal Rumble? But what, what's your thoughts? What do you think is going to happen? Man, this one actually made me think when I heard about not even heard when I saw the graphic for the triple threat and when they announced it immediately I already exit Barrett Corp. I'm like, all right, you're eliminated. Not worried about you. But it comes down to Daniel Bryan and Miz. They both have you know they both have stories with each of the personalities of Bray Wyatt. You know, with the Miz, with the uh, the Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt, and then you got Daniel Bryan going against the Fiend. So I'm thinking about, will you rather see the Fiend at Royal Rumble or Bray Wyatt? I'm like, I'd rather see Bray Wyatt at Royal Rumble. Mm. So we talked about, well, I guess one of my ideas was if we had say Daniel Bryan facing off against the fiend for the title. Yeah. And Bray Wyatt going against Miz for basically the honor of his family and having Bray Wyatt, uh, Russell twice, but as both characters. So what could end up happening? Cause I think Daniel Bryan is going to win this matchup, the triple threat, but that might be to decide which one of them is going to fight for the title. But then the Miz could still say, "I have unfinished business," and Bray Wyatt might even say, "You know what? I still want to play with you, Miz." Yeah. So, and the Miz did say, "This is more than you know for the title." Exactly. So it's, right. it's definitely personal, right? So they could kind of spin it that way to say, "Okay, Daniel Bryan won the match, so he gets the title opportunity," but Bray Wyatt, you know, wants to face off against the Miz. Miz wants to face off against Bray Wyatt. So. Royal Rumble, we'll see both of them wrestle both of the personalities of Bray Wyatt. So, you know, I think that this might be a good way to be able to to specify how that's going to work and that Daniel Bryan's fighting for the title and Miz is purely, it's it's a personal fight. It's not even a wrestling match. It's just a fight right. between Bray Wyatt and the Miz. All right, I like that. I, th- I, I could actually see them do that. And, you know, and it could be pulled off very well because Bray Wyatt and The Fiend are definitely Two different entities. So, you know, you got, I love the Bray Wyatt character when he was wrestling against the Miz on, uh, what was that, TLC? Yeah. Yep, yeah. TLC. So I, I definitely enjoyed that match. So if they're going to split it up like that, I'm all down for that one. Yeah, I think that could be a lot of fun. Um, you know, just just playing around again with the with the multiple personalities, treating like actual two different people, um, seeing him wrestle twice in one night. And the Fiend character is, is superhuman anyway. He's OP. So it won't matter that that Bray Wyatt has just gone through this long, you know, hellacious fight, let's say, with The Miz. And then later on has to go against Daniel Bryan. I mean, they're going to treat it as if nothing happened. That he's, you know, like The Fiend is legit not even affected by the fact that he just fought uh, um, The Miz maybe earlier on because he's superhuman. And, you know, it, it's technically they're two different people because they showed the the fiend on the screen while bray wyatt was was in the ring so they could be kind of messing with things that way too um i think it could be interesting and i I think that because i i don't see miz getting left out of this me either Um, man it's it's too good of a story with bray wyatt right 
Right, exactly. And to your point, like I am more excited to see Bray Wyatt again versus The Fiend again. I want The Fiend to to feel special and, you know, seeing him every pay-per-view, you know, every every month now, you know, is diminishing that little by little. It is. So, if, mm-hmm. if they were to even just decide, "Hey, we're not going to have The Fiend. We're actually just going to make it Bray Wyatt." That would be cool too. I actually wouldn't be mad at that. Um, I just think that Daniel Bryan specifically has an issue with the Fiend because he ripped his hair out, you know, and he fought him at the at, at TLC for the title. So I think and they're the gonna. Fiend gave Daniel Bryan a nice haircut. What are you tripping about, man? It was a nice, clean haircut, man. Barber, <laughs> right? <laughs> the, the Fiend, the barber, man. <laughs> Cleaned him right up. Oh man, the story that that Daniel Bryan told too about his his daughter seeing him and oh. crying. I feel like. I feel like that's that's very real. Oh, that is. That is. That is. Because the reason why, because even when I showed my son pictures without my beard, because he only seen me with my beard. He knows nothing else. And he didn't know who that was, man. He didn't know Babyface Devin. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that's me. I got got all that hair. That's me. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So I could definitely relate to that. You know, when he said his daughter freaked out, you know, Cried, right. scream, like that. That's real, man. That's that's actually real, and I and I believe that. Yeah, man. That's that's crazy. That's crazy. But yeah, like I said, when he told it, I'm like, yeah, I, I believe, and I feel like I've heard other fathers say that too. Oh, about yeah. you know, I've seen videos too. Just, yeah, like who is this? What did you do with my daddy? You know, like <laughs> where is he at? Like, like <laughs> so damn. That's 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 wild. That's wild. But, um, yeah, we'll see uh, next week. We're going to have that triple threat match happen. And, yeah, I'm anticipating Daniel Bryan winning, but then still somehow getting both Daniel Bryan and The Miz facing off against The Fiend and Bray Wyatt, respectively. Um, before we close out SmackDown, um, you mentioned Otis and just his moment in the in the sun a little bit on SmackDown, which I did find very entertaining. Uh, Otis is just such a lovable character. Oh, he is, man. He it's is. just and this this really put a put a real nice stamp on it. So why don't you uh, just talk about a little bit what happened? So you know, I guess they had like a, a backstage promo with Heavy Machinery, and you, you saw Tucker and Otis letting them know about the the holiday spirit and getting ready to face uh, Revival. And I, he was talking about the ham he had and Revival. What messed up his ham the the week before or something like that? Yeah. So uh, that was uh, Cesaro. Oh one. yeah, not not revival Cesaro. Right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He took the ham, he smashed it on the ground, and got Tucker not Tucker, but got Otis all pissed off. Yeah. So as he was talking about that to Charlie, he gets interrupted by Mandy Rose, and she was like, "Hey, you know, I saw this and I thought about you." And she had a a piece of ham with a with a bow with a bow on there, which I thought was hilarious, and gave my man Otis. A kiss on the cheek, which I was like, oh, man, that's what's up, man. Go ahead, yeah. big fella. Representing the big guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm Good saying? Good for you, Otis. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody was like, and I heard the crowd. They was like, whoa. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And yep. they, I mean, I was shocked by that, man, because I thought <laughs> Mandy Rose is always, she always put that that vibe out there. Like, she was just disgusted with Otis. Yeah. You know? And for, for, for her to finally warm up to Otis, and uh, give him a gift and show some affection. I thought it was great, man. It it showed Otis in a in a you know new limelight right there. And I and I'm like, oh man, this is great. And I think he has 
I don't know what he has, but he he just I just gravitate towards him, man. Yeah. He, he's just very charismatic, you know the way he he talk. He'd be like Tucky, you know, and, and he's like, oh yeah, you know, and you hear the crowd chanting that too because mm-hmm. he, he, people love that. And Otis, yeah. he's he's definitely has all, all the you know the ability to to you know to be a great character. He has the it factor. Yeah, he definitely does have the it yeah. factor. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this as well. Um, the so so during the matchup that they had with the revival, the revival during this night um, got the ham and and threw his ham on the ground, which caused Otis to just kind of lose it. And oh, he man. just like snapped. He went it. OP right there. Right, right. You don't you don't mess with the man's ham apparently. So <laughs> yeah, he just let him have it. Um, you know, like Super Saiyan when uh, Frieza killed Goku, and he's just like. He just hit another level right there, man. He was no selling the kendo sticks. I was like, oh shit. (laughs) Don't mess don't mess with a big man's ham. No, apparently that lesson learned on that one, man. Like he he just like you said, went super saiyan on the revival. Um and and post match as well was was interesting because he's in the back and Mandy Rose was was there. Um Sonya Deville left off because she's getting ready for her matchup later on. And uh, Otis apologized for uh, t- even taking the ham out there. He's like, I should have left it back here. I shouldn't have taken it out there. And then um, she she uh, was like, oh, that's okay. And she gave him a hug. So, and he was, his, the look on his face when he was getting <laughs> the crowd, you can hear him just start laughing. Oh, yeah, man. You see him, he's just so excited. Oh. And so like, what is after right now? <laughs> so, you know, he's just happy. And then, uh, you know, they separate. And then she, all the sweat that he oh, had on God. him yeah. was all on her dress. And yeah. they just like, oh, damn. She's like, absorbed like, all that moisture. All of it. Yeah. <laughs> So she kind of like stepped away and then walked off, and he's just like, "Oh, I just blew it," you know. Yep. So, <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. Man. It was. It was. It was. And you know what? Even after that segment, I guess they did. You know, they panned the camera back to the ring, and Revival did a promo about you know wrestling, oh, real wrestling, yeah. and the gimmicks. And when they just mentioned that, I was like, "This sounds like a feeds." Yeah, when was, I'm like somebody's watching our show, listening our show because this is this was like dead on pinpoint accuracy. Like, bro, it got me thinking. Like, if I could find a way to track these listens and figure out if somebody at WWE headquarters in Connecticut is trying to, you know, get some ideas, man, because that was too. That was just too weird. It was very. It was. I was like, huh? At my eyebrow. I definitely did. I did the rock people's eyebrow when I was watching. Like, wait a minute. This is exactly what I was talking about. And they just did it right after we just posted. That. Yes. Like it was crazy. It was one of those crazy things, man. But yeah, I was real happy with it. Me too. I'm like, because he. He's talking about the gimmicks. It's like, we just had this stupid, look at all this stuff around the ring. And then we had this ladder match and all these gimmicks. What happened to old school wrestling? And just like, they were just like disgusted with the idea of gimmicks. I'm like, this is, yes, this is exactly what you guys should be doing. And you should have done that before 
that ladder match yeah. so that you could just be like, yep. no, we're not taking part in any of this. We're not doing and, – and, you know, to have a match where maybe they could try to force the, the New Day into not having a ladder match with them by winning it so they could have an old school match. I mean, I feel like the, it was it was there. That, that opportunity was there, but whatever. They missed it there. But now they're doing it, and I'm interested to see where they go with this. So I think – I thought that was pretty cool. And yes, we we need to see if we can track the yeah, listeners. Just like, like, dude, that that was just too eerie, right there. I'm I'm, I'm yeah. listening to their prom, like, bro, somebody is listening to my man Hafiz right now because this is just this is just pinpoint right here what they're talking about. I'm like, we just talked about this last week. WWE, <laughs> if you if you want the services, man, just just, just hit us up, right, Fox man? Podcast, Holla at your boy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, get at oh, us, man. man. You know, we're on Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, at Clark Street. You know right. what I'm saying? Wrestling Podcast. Hit us up. We got an Instagram page, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Let us know, man. But, um, no, that, it's, it's going to be fun to see how that how that develops going forward for them. Just, like, sticking to the old school and just demanding that they just have those types of matches. I do want to see that. It's, it's a way to kind of make them a little bit different, too, from everybody else. That's that's their thing. And so it's, it's right there. It's a it layup is, for them. Man just have them do that so i I like that a lot um so yeah let's see that um we pretty much hit all the the major points is there anything else from raw or smackdown that kind of stands out one way or another that you wanted to discuss on smackdown we're really on both shows man i feel like besides oscar and Kyrie and becky i feel like the women's division is lacking do you get that feeling right now? So I, I, I definitely feel it on SmackDown. Yeah, I think um, so. Carmella had a match. Um, she had a match against Sonya Deville, and and which I was right confused there, by that. Why did she win? Yeah, that was that was really weird because I mean, so Carmella beating submitting Sonya yes. Deville even was just felt weird. That visual just didn't make sense to me. I don't know. I, I just didn't buy it that she did that. But you know. Carmella, she's a former champion, so they, I guess they're trying to, you know, show respect. She's blonde, right? So she just fits the the whole mold that they usually like to push in the WWE. But Sonya Deville is just so talented. We we talk about it all the time. She's the most underrated female superstar on the on the roster. You know, like she just has not gotten that that ju- her just do yet. Mm-hmm. So you know, and this doesn't help. You know, her losing to Carmella oh, this does, way tapping does. out, it just does not help her yeah. at all. But uh, it was during that match that I, I, I felt what you're talking about, where I'm like, hmm, the women's division right now, if if Carmella is one of the, the highlights for the women's division, no disrespect to Carmella, but there's something missing because Carmella, for me, she's like, you know, mid-tier women's wrestler, you know, yeah. like there's other, I don't know, I just feel like she's she's never really gotten to that next level for me. She's not on the Sasha Banks level, on the Becky level, on the Charlotte level, on the, the Four Horsewomen, Oscar. Yeah. you know, she's not like a superstar, you know, in that, with, with the women right now. So, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you that on both Raw and SmackDown this week, and in the last few weeks, like, the women's division feels like it hasn't felt like like I'm I'm usually really excited to see the the women wrestle on on in the WWE. Like the women's division has been one of the biggest highlights, if not the main highlight of WWE now for the past year, yes. year and a half now. So you know, 
for it to feel like this on Raw and SmackDown this week is kind of like, what's what's happening? Like, you have so much talent in that division. Yes. Like, it just feels like, like if it, I don't mean to interrupt, but it just it, it just feels like ever since you know the Four Horsemen got moved up to the main roster, and then NXT got this influx of new women: Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, you know, Shayna Baszler. It seems like they're on another level now. You know, every match I see, I, every women's match on NXT is is damn near, you know, above average or or just match of the night. Yeah. You yeah, know, and exactly. I don't get that feeling with SmackDown or even sometimes on Raw. And it, just because of that, I think that's the reason why this, I'm seeing a disconnect. I'm seeing so much from the women's division NXT. And, you know, and, and them ladies are killing it, man. You know, Candice LeRae, especially Io Shirai, man. You know, she she you gets to call Kai right now. Dakota Kai, too. Oh my God, man! I'm glad you mentioned her. You know what I'm saying? I can't wait to talk about her in NXT uh, part when we get there. But hell yeah, man! They have so much talent in there. It's like, what's going on with the women's division on the main, or not the main roster, just on Raw and SmackDown brand? Yeah, I think uh, just storylines wise, they're not really telling compelling stories with the women right now mm-hmm. like short of what they're starting right now with becky and oscar you know with the whole like she's never beaten her before you really don't have any actual stories that they're like bailey doesn't have a story right now the thing that they're trying to do with lacey evans like you know i i see it but it's not it doesn't feel like a true story yet you know like it's just they they don't like each other and then sasha's mixed into that too right and they just they, yeah. they have a disdain for each other but there's not a an, an interesting story like with Dakota Kai. You have the whole thing where she turned on her best friend. You know she's now has this whole heel turn. She betrayed her team in the first ever women's war games match. She's and, in the video you know, graphic for her entrance. As yeah, oh, man, you know, like her friend <laughs> screaming and she's beating her down with the with the knee brace. Like it's crazy. Mia Yim, she took her out, and Mia Yim's pissed because she could have made history, and then she got taken out. You know by her, and it, it's just. It's just so interesting the story that they're telling with with Dakota Kai right now. Whereas again, with you know, they got Dana Brooke going against Bailey. Who cares about Dana Brooke right now? Yeah, like honestly, Mm-mm. like the the biggest thing that Dana Brooke was doing was she had the whole thing with Elias and uh, and this dude, um, what's his name, Drake Maverick, Maverick. Uh, Drake Maverick. Yeah, you know, hitting on her, and then uh, uh, Elias was cutting songs on him, and it was just it was. Goofy, you know, and it was kind of an interesting way to bring Elias back to the fold. But for Dana Brooke, she was just kind of like a, a, a piece in this this other this small story. Like she doesn't have a story. And then for her to be against Bailey, it's like, does anybody care? Does anybody believe that this is going anywhere? No, uh, no, you know, it's just not. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I didn't just, believe one second Dana Brooke was going to beat Bailey. Right. You know, it's just, it's just not going to happen. And, you know, then Lacey Evans is involved. And, again, Lacey Evans, maybe something builds there eventually. But it's just it's not there as a story. You know, I like the fact that they're trying to, you know, use the the, the family. Like, her daughter was there. And, and you're starting to develop something there a little bit. Yeah. But, By the way, her daughter is just as feisty as she is, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, come on. <laughs> I'm like, all right, little girl. <laughs> right. Calm that girl down. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Like, I think we need more of that. You yeah. know, like we just need to have the the story just really. You you. I want to feel it. You know what I'm saying? I want to feel emotionally mm-hmm. invested in it. And I think having elements like that, it's a start. You know, but then you got to keep that going. It can't be a one and done. You know, it's for it. To, it's for it to be really compelling. You know, week after week on NXT, there's something with the women. There's they're always. It's like they care, and and their characters are superstars right now. You know, as whereas with Raw and SmackDown. It's, I mean, gosh, Becky Lynch is a superstar. Um, Charlotte is a superstar. You know, Sasha and Bailey have kind of been like, they have been superstars, but then they're also, I think right now, Sasha has the feel of a superstar, but she's not really doing anything. No, she's and been then, balleting for Bailey. Right, right, exactly. And then Bailey is kind of, I feel like, even though she's wearing the, the championship, I feel like she doesn't feel like a champion. It's Man, weird. You, you are exactly right right there. You know, like, it just seems like she's just, it's a prop at this point. It really doesn't mean anything that she's holding that belt. And it sucks to say that because I'm a fan of Bailey, but mm-hmm. that's just what it is right now. Like, she doesn't have any really established wins that make me say, damn, like, Bailey's a beast right now. Like, it's just, it's just there. You know, I forget sometimes she's even champion, to yeah. be honest with you. I think when I saw the Survivor Series between the the women's teams, I saw the discrepancy right there. I'm like, holy shit. Yep. Yep. <laughs> this is this is not fair. This is NXT is just OP. <laughs> NXT OP group. Cause you had Tony Storm, Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, Candice LeRae. I'm like, come on. Come on. Each, come on. Every one of them could be champion. Yes. Champion. They didn't even have Shayna Baszler on the team. You know what right. I'm saying? They like didn't even the have Shayna Baszler, but every one of them can be a, a champion. You can't you can't say that on the Raw team or the SmackDown's women team for Survivor Series. Yes. And any combination of, like, you take any two members of that team and put them in a match against each other, and you're instantly interested. Like, you want to see that happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can picture them putting together a great match, a great story, and just having something great happen. Whereas with Raw and SmackDown, it's like there's certain ones where, yeah, of course, there's history with, you know, uh, Charlotte, you know, and Sasha, and, you know, the the Horsewomen, of course. But then you start picking at some of these other members of the team, and you're like, hmm, I could do away with, with this person, or I just don't really care that much for this person individually. You know, it's just they're not they're not there. So yeah, you're you're right. That was kind of a glaring. Oh yeah, like sh- it showed really, really badly for for both Raw and SmackDown. More so even for SmackDown. It SmackDown was. really. It was terrible. it was just a weak team on SmackDown. Well, you had Carmella, yeah. Dana Brooke. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I was badly. like, Ugh. like Sasha really. It looked like it was Sasha and you know a bunch of others. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it just it really did. Like Sasha, of course, it's Sasha, and then Lacey Evans is like she she could be there, but she's not there yet, you know. And then yeah, Dana Brooke and Carmella, no, like no, you just it's, it's just they're not there. Yeah, it should have been right? called Sasha Banks and the SmackDown Women's Team. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> Seriously, man, it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. It was bad. It was bad. So yeah, you're right, man. When it comes to the women's division on on Raw and on SmackDown, there's just there's work to be done to get it back to to that level to where you're excited again, to where it was when you know the the three of the four horsemen first showed up. You know when they got quote unquote called up to the main roster. Mm-hmm. You know when you had Sasha, Becky, and Charlotte come up, it was like man, oh, this yeah. is this is crazy. 
you know, like that we're seeing this, you know, and Paige is there and, you know, it's just, it, it was, it was wild, man. Like it was they really injected exciting. new blood and it was like, oh man, this is what's up now. They're, they're going to put a focus yeah. on women's wrestling. Exactly. You know, and then later on you had Oscar come up, you had an Ember Moon, mm-hmm. you know, just excited about women's wrestling. Nia Jax, you know, now it's just like. I think that's the happened? issue that we're, we're, you just, I think that's it right there. We're missing yep. the powerhouses. Yeah. Nia Jax, Ember Moon. Blaring, blaring women missing yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Totally agree. So, you know, hopefully Nia Jax is, is getting healthier and maybe we see her make a surprise return at Royal Rumble. That'd be pretty cool. Same with Ember Moon. Uh, both are just, you know, super talented um, and just they have that presence. Nia Jax, you know, she had so much heat, you know, on her for having, you know, broken Becky's nose. And, you know, I think that that it was that helped both of them you know it, it helped it gosh we already talked about how what it did for becky oh, yeah. for naya she couldn't anytime she would mention what she did you know the fans instantly would just rain down the booze but it was just right good there. yeah but it's good heat it was good it heat was. for her. um so yeah it'd be great to see her have that have that momentum back and then yeah ronda rousey's still not back and when when she comes back also, if she does, you know, yeah, we're all yeah. assuming. <laughs> right, we're all assuming. So hopefully right. she does. But I think that'll be another one too. That you know, you you put those three women: Nia Jax, Ember Moon, Ronda Rousey into the mix. You know, with the the mainstays that we know now from uh, from Raw and SmackDown: Becky and Charlotte and Sasha and Bailey. I think that would help reinvigorate this whole thing. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Same here because they they definitely. <laughs> Need some, uh, they're definitely missing the, the talent, you know, Ember Moon, you know, Nia Jax. I, I didn't think I would miss Nia Jax, but man, they're missing that powerhouse right there. They are. Yeah. They definitely are. Yeah, man. So we'll see what comes up uh, here in the next couple of weeks and, and how they, you know, what they do. I mean, we're going to have a little bit of time of off with, uh, you know, the holidays and the, you know, this, this next week, I'm not sure how they're going to do, you know, raw and SmackDown, uh, where they're going to do tribute of the troops, um, this coming week. So we won't really get answers necessarily this coming week, but hopefully in the new year, they, they refocus on, you know, the women's division and, and trying to really, you know, get it, get it to, to where it was before. Cause yeah. it was just so so fun and you know there's still elements of that but it's just not it's just not hitting at all exactly. not what it used to be right right exactly all right any any final thoughts on raw and smackdown before we call it a show and move on to aew and nxt uh just smackdown was was okay and decent and raw was you know it was what it was <laughs> you know it <laughs> It was what Fair it was. Enough. I, we'll we'll, we'll yeah. cap it at that, man. Yeah. We're perfectly stated on, on both of those shows. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for our recap of Raw and SmackDown. For Devin, this is a feast. We will catch you guys next time. Peace. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast.